RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Friday, episode number 10 of Duffified Live. Yep, here we are. We are on episode number 10. Um, I can't believe I've been talking to you guys for 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 hours as long as it is, whatever it works out to be. But hey, thank you guys so much um, for hanging out and for downloading and supporting and doing all that amazing stuff uh, when it comes to Duffified Live. Look, I wasn't able to record last week. I'm so sorry. I was in uh, Tampa, Florida. I was banging out a whole bunch of stuff over there um, after just a crazy, crazy week of an opening. And it's tough sometimes to get like to balance all of that stuff and having it all come together uh, to try to make it make make a show. Even though it's only about an hour long, sometimes two. It depends on how much talking and drinking we're doing. But um, when it comes to doing two, you know, an hour and a half to two hours every week, it's there's a lot that goes into it between trying to figure out who the guests are going to be um, and some of the content as well. So hence why I'm just kind of talking off the cuff right now because look, it's been an insane week. So so here's where I kind of go with this. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I did uh, last week and. Um, throughout the week and a half that I've been kind of away from you guys. So um, so I ended up flying to Tampa on uh, last Monday, so that was two Mondays ago, um, to go over there and do uh, to get down to Tampa, finally to get down there and really do a really nice open um, with my clients at the Features Gastro Pub in uh, Riverview or Brandon or Gibsonton or whatever it is down there in Florida. And it was pretty awesome. You know, I mean, uh, opening restaurants these days is tough, man. I mean, it's just not the same world that it has been for all these years. Um, you know, you hire a general manager and you go that way and, and, uh, and you, and the general manager hires staff and hires a chef and, and you start to move forward with that. And one of the big things that we are struggling with these days is that, you know, 15 years ago, which, which doesn't seem like, you know, may sound like a long time ago, but we're talking about something that really wasn't that long ago. We had like almost half the amount of restaurants that we have right now. So we've increased all of these restaurants and gastro pubs and fine dining and nightclubs and, and destination spots all over the country to the point that we're now like pulling from the bottom of the barrel uh, when it comes to employees at times. And it's really, really a tough thing to do. I mean, you know, at, at the new place that we just did, we had a general manager who was on board for seven weeks and then, you know, he left. He got an offer from his old place and that was it. No loyalty, no nothing. He went back to his old job. Didn't want to be there. The last day I was in the restaurant with him, he sat in the office. Um, no interaction with staff, no interaction with anybody. We had a, a huge VIP party, no interaction. Um, we did three days of a photo shoot, no interaction. The chef that they hired for this space, um, he worked there for a week and then he quit. He went back to his old job because they offered him more money. So it comes down to, you know, what are we doing to hold on to our employees? And I'm struggling with this at my own place right now because it's just the way that it works. At one point in Philadelphia, there was like 950 restaurants. We have over 9,000 restaurants right now. And it's a tough world to get into to deal with employees. So so I, I, I talk to people all the time about the best way to do this. And because of the fact that I've been on the road for as much as I have and because of the fact that I've been away from my home, my family, my businesses, 
um, you know, there's a little bit of a struggle that's going on right now. And the struggle is real. I hate to say that in a, in a, in a hashtag quote it kind of way, but it's the truth. The struggle's real. What are we doing to for our employees? You know, it's not the old days of you're lucky to have a job because it's just not there. That's not the way that this game works. So when I hire, I place ads all the time. Um, I, I do stuff in different different mediums, whether it be newspaper, whether it be, which I don't know who reads a newspaper anymore, but in some areas you have to use a newspaper. Whether it be a newspaper or Craigslist or Indeed or um, you know Fobo or any of these different sites, Monster, whatever it is, you're selling yourself. You're selling your business to somebody because it's not just the days of I need a job because to retain people, you have to engage people. You've got to give them a reason to work and stay. I know it sounds fucked up, but it's the world that we live in. People want something for what they do, and it's not just a dollar rate anymore. Although in some cases, I'm contradicting myself because I did just lose a guy over 50 cents an hour. And to me, he wasn't worth keeping him even for that 50 cents. So it wasn't that big of a deal for him to go and leave my business, but it was really an opportunity for me to clear house in a way and get rid of people that only wanted the dollars. So, and it wasn't even in my restaurant. This was in somebody else's. But to talk about where we are right now with, with, with engaging, you know, we have an opportunity with our staff, and I say this all the time. We had an opportunity to create the greatest expectation, greatest expect, blah. We had an opportunity to create the greatest experience for our guests, for our guests, to exceed the expectation of what our guests want. And HAD for me is very simple. HAD stands for Hooters, American Airlines, and Disney. When you work at Hooters, you wear the orange shorts. It's something I say all the time. And that comes from an expectation. If you go and apply for a job at Hooters, you're not applying for a job there and saying, I can't wait to get there so that I can wear my blue jeans. You're taking that job saying, I know I have to wear the orange shorts. And it's the standard of Hooters to have those orange shorts. It is the standard that that's what you wear. You wear a white t-shirt, you wear nude leggings, you wear sneakers, you wear orange shorts. Doesn't matter. If you're going to work there, that's what you're going to wear. American Air. American Air. When you get on the plane, there's three things that you know, first and foremost. You're going to put your seat back in the upright position. You're going to put that tray table in the back seat position, and you're going to buckle your seatbelt. That's the way that it works. The flight attendant walks down and checks you. If you're sleeping, she's going to wake you up to make sure that that seatbelt's on. It's the way that the game works. You do that because you know that that's the standard. And Disney, if you know Disney, you know one thing. You fucking smile, man. You're walking that floor. You're walking that park. You're walking across from place to place. You smile. And if not, then you don't work there anymore. But with that comes the responsibility for us as owners to be able to get our, to get our, what I call nuts, because I say all the time that I'm a little bit crazy. So to get our nuts, which are non-negotiable, unalterable terms, systems, and standards. These are things that I believe in that every single employee that works for me has to know. They need to know our core values and they need to know our mission statement. They need to know what it is that I expect from them when it comes to a greeting and when it comes to service. Other things will fall into place from a general manager, but from an owner standpoint, I've got to make sure that the people that I am putting in place are able to execute those things, whether they believe them or not. Because you know what? I'm sure that somewhere along the way, there was somebody who said, I don't know why I have to wear these orange shorts, but guess what? They're not working there anymore. So by following had and following nuts, you're able to run a business and a very open business. You're not hiding things from your, your staff. You're not hiding things from your guests. 
So and then from there, we move into this other world of what are we giving to our guests other than our vision? A, a positive work atmosphere. We're giving them a staff meal or a shift beer or, or whatever it comes out to be. Those are things that we're giving them. But we need to create, a, a, we need to educate. We need to take time with our staff. I, I, you know, one of my analogies is if I own a car dealership and I bring in 20 people to sell cars, okay, the cream of the crop is going to rise up because the people that are working there who don't have the knowledge are, are going to fail. But the people who are working there who decide to go after the knowledge are the ones that are going to execute at the highest level. So by taking a little bit of time every single day, a pre-meal, 10-minute pre-meal, super positive, never negative, talk about a beer that's on tap that's brand new, talk about a new food item that you have, bring that food item out, bring that beer out, put samples up, let people taste it, let people smell it. Because you know what, if I sit back and say, hey, this is a Silver Oak cab, it's awesome. It has notes of blah, blah, blah. Your staff's going to go, yeah, great, awesome. Now you want me to sell a $25 glass of wine. But if I bring that glass of wine out, I put it in front of you, and you smell it, and you swirl it, and you look at it, and you can see it and taste it and touch it and stick your finger in it and lick your finger and stick your nose in it, and you can put it in your mouth, and you can swirl it around. Then you learned. You get it. Oh, there's a hint of chocolate. Listen to that. There's a little bit of a basil, a grassy undertone or earthy finish. These are things that you can't get unless you're actually tasting it. The same thing rings true with food. If I'm putting a burger up for you to try and I want you to get the full tone of it or the full understanding of it, but you're a vegetarian and you don't eat it, guess what? You're not going to sell that burger. But if you taste that and you take a bite of that beef combined with the cheese and with a pepper on top and some bacon and pork belly and who gives a shit what it is? But if you're able to give these people the tools that they need to succeed, then your business is going to move forward from that point. But at the same time, you've got to work with your staff and spend time with them and coddle them. Because without them, you've really got a shitty business. And without them, you're running a business all by yourself. So everybody's got to do me a favor this week. I want you to go and I want you to step back. And I don't know if I've said this before because I feel like I'm repeating myself on a couple of things. It's important for me to get to you guys to be able to step out there and talk to your staff, communicate with them. Find out what they like about working there. You know what? Do an anonymous thing. Put a piece of paper out at the beginning of a pre-meal. Say to every single person that works there, I want you to write down the top things that you like about working here and the top three things that you dislike about working here. Don't put your name on it. You want to write in block letters? Go right ahead. I don't give a shit what it is. But what I want you to do is I want you to tell me the top three things that you like and the top three things that you dislike. And when your staff does that on an anonymous level, you now have an insight of exactly what's going on within your business and what's going on with your restaurant. Because guess what? Your GM may be executing at a high level, but if your staff doesn't like him, then maybe your staff could be executing on a higher level. Okay? But if you've got a chef who's constantly yelling and screaming in the back kitchen or not keeping a clean kitchen, and your staff realizes this, and they're saying something about it, that's something that's important to them. And a lot of times, it's not just what's important to us as an owner. It's important to what, you know, it's about what's important to our staff as well. These are the people that are representing our business. These are the people that are wearing our T-shirts. These are the people that are tweeting and texting and, and Instagramming and Snapchatting and vining and doing all of this extra stuff that we're asking them to do, and they're representing our business. And if we can't get our staff to believe in us because we believe in them, then you're never going to get anywhere. So step back, have a little bit of fun with your staff this week, talk to them. All right. Okay. So that was a tangent. That was my open. That was all good and fun and great and that whole nine yards. But here's what we got to talk about. 
So I'm down in Tampa. I have a great week. I get to hang out with all my friends. I get to work my butt off during the day. We did a three-day photo shoot with the amazing, amazing Felicia Peretti, who's from Philadelphia, who flew down to Tampa to do this shoot with me, which I love because it's always fun to have somebody who you know and trust do these things with you, especially when it comes to a vision. Wonder Woman, wonderful woman named Marlene was our food stylist. Great, great eye. Really, really enjoyed working with her. And it's tough as a chef to have a food stylist come in and change the presentation or change the way that something looks because you know what? I've got a vision for the way that I do things. But when that vision comes across and you put it in front of somebody else and they change that, it's a little bit hard. Sometimes you got to swallow that pride a little bit. So Long story is I loved working with Felicia. She's got a great view of what it is when it comes to food. So if anybody's out there and you're looking for a food photographer, check out Felicia Peretti. She's out of Philly. She's absolutely amazing at what she does. Um, Marlene, I apologize. I do not know your last name. But guess what? If you're from Tampa and you've ever done a food shoot or you've had a food stylist somewhere, Marlene's the one who does it. So definitely hop and get in touch with her. Um, so then we go on to just kind of the rest of the week. You know, I, I, uh, I got to go out with some friends. I had a great time with all my, uh, I call them my radio girls down there. Um, my, uh, my wonderful friend, Kathy Suzwitz, my wonderful friend, Monica Madison, as well as my new friend, Courtney Bright, um, who uh, I got to go out and hang out with the girls and, and have some fun. And, and as a guy, it's just kind of funny to go out and listen to, um, uh, you know, other single people or women uh, to hear their stories of what goes on in this little world that we live in of, of dating and, and, and trying to find a person to be with or um, just even about the industry and, and, and what they do. It's so much fun. It's such an, such an, an experience for me to go out with these ladies and, and just sit back and, and listen to what they talk about, you know, dates that they go on and, 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 and all that. It's, it's just kind of it's a total experience for me. It's something that I, I really enjoy and I, I cherish the time that I get with them. Um, when I get down there, they're very, very good friends. And, um, and I really enjoyed that. So, uh, we went out to a couple little bars. We were down there, one place called the hotel bar, which was directly across the street from my hotel at the hotel bar. Um, then we went to this place called the hub, the hub where apparently the hub is known for pouring exceptionally strong drinks, which is totally true because I'll tell you what, some of the drinks that these girls, this guy was throwing down were pretty big and y'all know what I drink. I drink a single tall. Uh, I had to kind of switch it up with a single tall and get a little side of soda because they were pouring super heavy. It's got to be like a three ounce pour down there. I couldn't believe it. Um, but just like a great jukebox and a great vibe all across the bar with the exception of the fact that they were sm- it was a smoking bar, but you know, video games and, and just fun with everybody while we were out. Um, and then, of course, my good buddy came into town, Mr. Michael Tips. He was doing the project with me. He helped out, um, you know, running his bar program behind the bar with our bartenders and our staff and, and getting everything set up for the, the VIP night. First night, we had 400 or 396 people walk through for our first night of VIP. Second night, I believe we walked back through with uh, a little over 190. So it was kind of cool to watch the difference in the progression of the staff between the first night and the second night and how well the food was received. It was really a cool thing because this project has been going on for a long time. And Mr. Tips, I know you're listening out there. I want to thank you for your time for coming down. And uh, Miss, uh, Mrs. Michael Tips, Mrs. Nikki Akalina, I appreciate you for allowing him to come down as well. Um, but I got to go out and hang out with uh, – I did one night uh, with my buddy uh, – well, I'll get into that in a sec because I want to talk about this other part. I went out with Tips one night. Into Ybor City, which is one of my favorite um, parts of Tampa because it's just kind of this very eclectic kind of weird world. There's great bars down there. One of my favorite bars is called Bad Monkey. It's actually a service bar um, for military and first responders and uniform. And it's a really neat kind of 
Um, it's a really neat area to get into. Um, and a great bar, great jukebox. They let you play whatever you want. It's a lot of fun to get in there. Good bartender, super fast, super responsive. Um, very friendly when you get in there as well. You know, a couple of really cool places um, that I get to play in when I get down down there is is, uh, is Gaspar's Grotto as well, which is like a pirate bar. Um, really cool bartender who works up front in the main bar. Uh, I get to see them all the time. The chef in the back, his name is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is Richard uh, uh, Richard Cook. and Or I'm sorry, Richard Hook. And Richard Hook, I once talked to him to try to get him to come and work for me. And he said, there's no way in hell I'm leaving. He said, I've got my ideal job. I love pirates. I'm a pirate myself. They call me Captain Hook here. Where else am I going to go where they're going to call me Captain Hook? So, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a good egg, and he's a, it's a great bar down there. Just a great bar. Live music all the time on both sides. Um, just good drinks and, and, and a lot of really fun stuff that happens. And then, of course, my tattoo guy, Frankie Ayers, um, at Atomic Tattoo. I usually stop in and say hi to him and check him out and either get a, get a new piece or uh, maybe do a fill-in work or whatever it works out to be. But um, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens down there in Ebor. But So Tips and I go out, and we're walking the streets, and we're having fun. We had a little bit of a load on, you know. Um, we were at Gaspar's Grotto. We were down at the, uh, at the Bad Monkey. Um, and then uh, we ended up going up to uh, a place called The Lion's Den. And it's owned by a guy named Brian Lyon, who I walked in the bar, and I immediately felt like I had known this guy for years. It was just the vibe, the great vibe. Like, the bartenders knew what their jobs were. They were awesome, awesome mixologists. Um, sitting back, and we're drinking some whiskey, and, um, you know, just, just kind of having fun and smoking cigars and doing what boys do. And, and, and it was a great, great time, and I, I cherish those times because there's sometimes they're few and far between in this world of travel and eating and drinking and um, – and so it was great to sit back and just have a little bit of boy time between me and my buddy, Mr. Tips, and, and my new friend, Mr. Lion, over there. We just had a great opportunity to, to sit back and relax, and I appreciate that time. And then, of course, there's always the load on eat at 2 o'clock in the morning that you get to go to, where for me, it's Duomice, which is a great pizza spot right on 7th Avenue, Ybor City. Um, classic, classic New York-style pizza, big fat slices, great dough, awesome toppings, um, it's a, it's a super fun time for me. I, I enjoy going down there. And then um, I was able to head down to Fort Myers uh, afterwards to spend some time uh, with my clients down there who have become very, very good friends. Um, I got to hang out with them and uh, just just a relaxed time. You know, we went out Friday night and drinks and dinner and, and, and chill. And I had some friends with me um, Saturday hopping on a boat and, and just doing a little bar hopping and going out to lunch with my buddy and his wife and his sons and um you know, it, it was just a real good time. And then coming back Sunday night, I got to um, hang out, go out to dinner with uh, some friends in Tampa again. Um, all in all, it was just a great weekend. You know, it was just an awesome weekend. And then I, I get a call on Saturday. Um, I don't know if you guys have followed me or heard any of this, but my brothers uh, from Ugly Brother Studios, go and check them out on Twitter and Instagram. Um, they created an amazing show called Eat the World with Emerald Lagasse. Okay. Um, so this show uh, was the brainchild of my brothers and their agent, and Emeril Lagasse. And it is a great kind of, uh, it's a great show to watch because the cinematography, the cinematography and the plot of it all is really about Emeril in a very raw form who is walking, uh, you know, going through different countries with these amazing chefs, you know, going to Sweden with Marcus Samuelson and going to Shanghai with uh, Mario Batali, um, going into, uh, you know, going to Italy uh, with, uh, uh, I can't even remember her name at this point. She owned Tribeca Bakery. No, uh, can't remember. Can't even remember what her, Nancy Silverton, sorry. Um, 
you know, watching these guys go through and seeing the, the vision of my brothers executed on a screen was really something that was cool. And I've seen their work before. Obviously, they're my brothers. But there was a bunch of really cool stuff that happened during this, so much so that they were uh, nominated for five Emmy Awards and two James Beard Awards. So my brothers had called me and said, hey, just so you know, Tuesday night's James Beard. Can you hop up into New York? So I'd already been on the road for like, you know, seven days. I was pretty exhausted. But it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get up there and, and, and see it. So I hopped a train. I went up to New York. I put a suit on. You know, I'm talking like tie, shirt, jacket, the whole nine yards. I hate to tell you I still had jeans on. I'm a lazy guy. I like my comfort. Um, went, to the, went to the show, went to the, the, the award ceremony with my brothers, my mother, my father. Sat at a table with additional nominees that were just really, really cool people. Um, one woman at our table had won two awards uh, uh, you know, for her book. And it was really a very, 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 very positive moment in my life and my brothers and my parents. They did not win the award um, for the two categories that they were put up for. But you know what? Just being nominated for their show – um, which out of I think it was 75 other nominees and three get picked or 75 other entrants and three of them actually get picked and to have my brothers be in there was really pretty cool. So um, going up and just, you know, doing the talk and, and, and walking the walk with everybody and, and having the conversation. And then afterwards, we ended up going out back to my parents hotel, had a couple drinks up on the rooftop. And then then the boys and I were let loose on the town, um, which ultimately ended up in more pizza. So uh, you wonder why I'm fat this week? It's very simple. I had like three nights of pizza this week. Um, but it was just a great week altogether, and um, I get to come back and, and, and see my girls who I just adore and miss when I'm on the road and, and uh, you know get back into the restaurant where I really feel comfortable walking in and, and spending time with my staff, and I really appreciate that. So, so that's kind of my week, a little bit of craziness, and um, I'm going to be doing some more interviews with some people that I spent some time with last week. But, but for this week alone, I lucked out. Um, because I got to shoot a show called Cage the Bay with my buddy Jesse Cage down there. Uh, if you're from Tampa or you're from the Florida region, South Florida at all, you'll understand who this guy is. Um, was it has been in the business for 25 years. He's got a great reputation. Um, he's a really he's a really good guy, and and I try to surround myself with positive people like him. Um, so uh, his name is Jesse Cage, and you can find him at Jesse J E S S E K A G E on. Um, radio stations down there. He just started a whole new show called Cage the Bay, which is pretty cool. He gets to go to some neat spots with some celebrities and, and check out the food and the drink and go through that. And I, and I was lucky enough and honored to be his first guest, and I really appreciate that. So so I hope you guys can feel kind of the passion that I have for what I do um, through my conversation with Jesse. It was a great time talking to him, and uh, you know he's a real good, feel-good guy. We have a lot of fun. Hey, and I'm going to tell you right off the bat, guys, this one gets a little bit loud because we're talking about strip clubs and radio and all the good stuff and boozing. So if you've got kids, please turn the radio down or put some headphones on them so they can't hear and turn Caillou up if that's the world that you live in. But I'm going to tell you right off the bat, Jesse and I hold no punches here. We have a full conversation. Uh, we talk, and we're pretty loud and pretty obnoxious. So check out my good buddy, Jesse Cage, coming up next. All right, everybody. So guess what? I got uh, I got my buddy Jesse Cage from Cage the Bay down there in Big Tampa. What's what's going on, man? The Big T, we like to call it down here. The Big T? Big T. That's not true at all. We don't. Well, you made that uh, up. Titties. You know, we got the strip club, so you know, there's that's, that's something. What's your you know? what's your uh, what's your what's your your go to? I mean, look, what's your go to strip club in Tampa? I love Penthouse Club, man. Penthouse really? Club, is awesome. Yeah, love I've it. never been to Penthouse Club. It's right over by the airport. 
You're flying okay. in and out of here all the goddamn time, man. <laughs> but, but I'm on my way to the airport, and yeah, you know who my normal ride is to the airport? Who's that? Kathy Suzwitz. Oh, Kathy would go. She does. Uh, I know she. Did. Well, so so here's what's so funny. So we should. I should probably call Kathy into this call, but um, she uh, the the I met her at a bacon festival a bunch of years ago um, with Monica Madison, yep. and uh, uh, I met Kathy again at Scores. Beautiful. I, she nice was. She not, She did like markings for them. Not working at scores. No, no, not working. Not working. <laughs> she was. She used to do marketing for them, and yeah. she's like, "You got to come in." I ended up having like a steak, and you know, and having like a full conversation. I, I'll be dead honest with you. I don't even think I saw a boob. Now, when you went to scores, were you in that like little glass booth area in the back where it was kind of overlooking the stage? Is that the one with the shower where I was showering myself in front of everybody? I, Pretty sure that's in the back. I don't, that's I don't the back. think that's your steak. Okay, because it was the slowest night they had, apparently, after that. That's so. more where you eat your roast beef. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, no, I was, I was like, I was sitting at the bar. I was at the main bar just having okay, dinner. Okay, all right. Yeah, is, why yeah because at, at Scores, they've got that, there's like a, a seating area, and there's this big glass wall, and it's, teeny little separations in the glass wall but obviously you can see everything and you're sitting there and you're you're eating your steak i had a uh, i had some calamari last time i was at scores and uh the girls have learned how to play through that glass wall obviously put them up against the glass is a big thing sure but they want to get their tips as well so they'll put their butt crack up like a like right oh, where the slot is and you go you slip the dollar through and it was <laughs> oh my god dude i was i had my one of my best friends his name's jeff and uh he listens to this all the time but uh years ago him and i made a decision that we were going to drive to ocean city maryland and uh we left philadelphia and our goal was to stop at as many bars as possible on the way down right. um so we're driving down the road and it was my turn to pick and there was this house on Route 13 going into Ocean City, Maryland on the left-hand side and all it said was there was a neon light up top that said girls. And I was like, well, we should go check that place out. We walk up and on the front door it says no colors allowed, not colored, right, colors. Right, right. Okay. Because they didn't want any gang colors going in. Sure, yeah, I got it. So we walk in and we sit down at what basically was like grandma's living room with a bar in the middle and a pole. And do you remember like the sixties and seventies glass mirrors that had like the white, almost lace around the edges oh, of it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, these yeah. were the mirrors on the wall and, and it said there was a sign right next to the mirrors that said, girls do not touch the mirrors. <laughs> so the place was so dirty that the, 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 the owner was just like, fuck it. Just, just don't touch the mirrors then. So, just well, because stop. it's somebody's grandma. Oh somebody's grandma. my god, it was such a bad place. We were sitting at the bar, and we were playing. Okay, so this is how exciting the bar was. We're sitting there, and there was uh, there was a guy standing next to us with a stripper, and and we're playing Golden Tea at okay. the strip yep. club. And he looks over and he said, "Do you mind if I do you mind if I play with your pussy?" <laughs> and she's like, "Fine, go ahead." And she literally okay. like turns her body. And he just sits there, and she is having a full conversation with another human being, and and that was, and we looked at each other, and I was like, we're we're fucking out of here, dude. She's just getting finger blasted we're, talking about politics oh, with the guy next to her. It's perfect. Yeah, but but my uh, my Tampa is an Excalibur. Okay. Yeah. 
which is there's, Rocket a, there's, like, there's like a 12 year old Cuban girl that works there and she just walks up to you. and I'm and I'm not a strip club guy like I'll go in and sit down and have fun I don't I don't get lap dances or give money or any of that I'm a horrible strip club attendee but uh but I enjoy going in and having fun with my buddies she walks up all the time and says you like Cuba do you like Cuba and that's the extent of the conversation that was it now uh, my favorite strip club conversation ever it was I was at uh, where were we uh, deja vu I think we were it was this is years and years and years this ago is a Tampa and it was on, yeah okay. yeah and we're at uh, it's Easter you know because um, you know I'm not a big religious guy so why not go see titties on Easter you know <laughs> praise the Lord Boobies and um, and we're sitting there and now look if you go to a strip club I don't care what strip club it is you go to a strip club on Easter you're not talking a squad man yeah. this is <laughs> you are it is it is nickel day right man it, so I'm sitting there and I'll never forget this I'll never forget I'm sitting there and a few of my buddies are there and we're on this couch and <clears throat> there's a very large stripper on stage I mean and look different strokes whatever you like the big girls the chubby chasers but it's just not it's not my gimmick but big girl up on stage and I'm sitting there, and uh, nobody's tipping her because, well, there's like five of us there, and it's Easter. Right. And um, the, the Lord is another strip that comes and sits down next to me, and I don't really look at her. I don't look over. And she just she goes, "Man, that chick's fat, huh?" Oh. And I <laughs> and I look over at her, and the chick next to me is just as fucking fat. She's huge. Oh, I'm God. like, "What's up, pot? Let's call the kettle." Real yeah, quick. really, seriously, exactly. Uh, and there's this other little, there's this, uh, little dive bar one that's over by the, um, uh, the dog track. And again, this is years ago. My favorite part about going to that titty bar was they had a midget, a little midget black dude who would go up on stage and clean the pole in between oh the strip and he would run up the pole and slide down. With oh the track. no. <laughs> you, dude, you know, do you know that I just realized, and, and I don't know whether I'm, I'm crazy, but I was at nightclub and bar, the, the show out in Vegas, um, and they had a pole there. I had no idea that they spin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I, I always try. And, and whatever. I'm, I'm 45 years old, dude. I just figured this out, that it's like right. a pole outside of a pole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I was just thought, I'm like, man, how the fuck? How do they how do they not get like brass burn? Well, it's because of the snail trails that's left from the chick before. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but if you got midgets running around dropping stuff up and down the poles, just <laughs> greasing it up. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the best strip club you've ever been to best strip Which club i've ever been to um i there was a place called wild side that was in west palm beach i grew up in south florida okay. and we had wild side and it was a toss-up between wild side and tees okay um it was in west palm titty bars were be there a, next week or in a yeah, month absolutely so. I'll, I'll let you know. Go to T's. I'll tell you why to go to T's in a minute. Okay. Wild Side is close. But um, uh, in West Palm, titty bars, it was a real uh, uh, social thing. Like girls and guys, would go, we would all go. Like a bunch of us from the radio station, we'd bring our wives or whatever. And it was a real social thing. Um, and I remember when I, when I moved to Tampa, everybody's like, oh, my God, strip club capital world. You're going to love it in Tampa. <laughs> I'm like, awesome, cool. So I come over here. And even guys in the business were like in radio, and we'll get to the radio stuff later. But even guys in the business were like, yeah, we don't really, you know, we don't go that much, and you know, we definitely are not bringing our wives or girlfriends. I'm like, I just didn't get it because it's like, look, who doesn't like to drink and, and look at titties and just have a conversation, especially for an after hours type thing. Um, so that was disappointing because when you're at the titty bars here in Tampa, either it's full liquor and they've got to wear pasties and panties, right, 
Or, or you can do full nude, but there's no liquor or alcohol. Right. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. In West Palm, wild side teas, that kind of stuff, full liquor, full nude, full friction, full herpes, whatever you want. You get the whole, <laughs> the whole Kit Kat and caboodle, man. And, uh, and wild side was great. Cause they had all like great memories there, which is really cool. Uh, great looking girls, a lot of fun. Tease though. I went to Tease Lounge the night before I left to move to Tampa. It was my going away party back in 2003. And the feature that night were these two girls and they were dressed up as construction workers. Mm-mm. They had the hard hats and they had the tool belts, but in their tool belts, they had dildos. Oh yeah. There you uh, go. And all sorts of shit. So you could go up and you could tip the girls or, or, oh boy, give them five bucks you can pound them with a fucking dildo. Oh, the fucking drill. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is why I don't do that. I don't go. It's just not, you know, it's, I, I feel bad. Like I look at them and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is horrible. And then it's just bad. I, I went to one in Philly. I think it was called like Wild Horses or Wild Stallion or whatever. That was, that I think was, Wild that was, Stallions, that's the band from uh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's, exactly. <laughs> So it was like a Monday night, so it was already amateur night anyway. And I was in there with a couple of guys that I worked with, and I was playing Golden or I was playing uh, Mega Touch. They yep. had a fucking Mega Touch on the end of the bar in a strip club. So I'm playing. I'm a chef. I'm playing food and drink, and I'm crushing it. I'm crushing it. I'm like millions of points every time. I'm betting all. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And and this girl comes over. This beautiful, beautiful stripper. Comes over and says, uh, what's your game? And I said, food and drink. She's like, I'll bet you a lap dance that I beat you. Oh. And I'm like, I'm already on a roll. I've had a couple of drinks. I'm ready to go. She crushes me. Crushes me. Like, knew everything. Where was, where, you know, what year was 7-Up invented? You know, <laughs> what is the key ingredient in, in, in Croque Monsieur? Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how do you know this stuff? That is so funny. I lost three in a row, dude. Three in a row. So uh, you, you bet the lap dance. So did you have to give her a lap dance then? No, no, no. Trust me. That was that was not an option at any point whatsoever. <laughs> um, no. And in fact, I did not get the lap dance from her. I just gave her the $60 and, and left. Oh, there you go. That was it. I walked like like like, yeah, like head With humbled. Me. Yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah. I went back to co- I think I went back to culinary school for for continuing education after that class. Yeah, so. you got whooped by a stripper. Well, that's her gimmick, man. That's how she makes her money. Was she a good-looking stripper? Because if she was just mediocre, she actually learned all that shit just to take dudes right. like you. No, no, she was she was a good-looking woman. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. Her name was Summer. I don't know. I'm sure it was. I remember? Yeah, she she tweeted me. I don't know. That was like this was like <laughs> ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Oh my god! So so you've been in Tampa since 2003. Yeah, late 2003. Yeah. yeah. What was your? Why, why did you leave West Palm to come to Tampa? Um, I was doing radio. I started doing radio actually in 1994. I was still in high school. I graduated in 95. Um, I started doing radio. Uh, a buddy of mine was doing this show and he wanted me to come in. So I went in, I was doing the show with him for a little bit, still in high school. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. You know, whatever. Cool little part-time gig. Um, got bit by the bug because once you're in this business, uh, you know, whether that's on the radio or TV or whatever, you're just, it, it is, it's all consuming. It's who you are. Um, ended up going to college for a couple of years. Already knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in radio. So quit college, went into the business in West Palm, worked uh, at a mix station. So it's like a, you know, uh, an adult contemporary top 40 type thing. Right. 
And at that point, I had hair down to my waist. I'm bald now. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm, I'm getting I, it. <laughs> you should just let it go. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I had hair down to my waist, and I'm sitting there spinning like uh, Backstreet Boys tunes and stuff, but doing really well. I'm like, radio's radio, and I knew you had to do what you had to do to get in. So I'm working there, end up moving down to Miami after that, worked down to Miami for a while at another adult contemporary station, which was funny. Um, great ratings. Things were going great. Left Miami, went back to West Palm for a minute. Uh, worked for the buzz, finally got into rock radio. And then, uh, I just, I, I needed to get out of West Palm if I wanted to continue my career. I just knew to grow. You can't, you know, you got to leave, right. you got you to get up and spread your wings and, and go. And, uh, I got the opportunity to come to Tampa, worked for 97 X for four years, three, four years, something like that. Um, left there. Oh, I was fired from there. They were going in another direction, uh, which cause alternative radio at the time, you know, you gotta think like 2003, Alternative radio was not what it is today. Alternative radio was a rock radio station, you know, right. trapped and disturbed and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, alternative radio turned into Mumford and Sons and all this other bullshit that I can't, <clears throat> you know, it's not me. Right. So they're going in a different direction. Uh, 98 Rock, which was the rock station here in Tampa Bay. Uh, they picked me up and was there for almost eight years. Wow. Uh, left there after a contract dispute, landing on the fan, uh, doing sports radio for a hot second. Uh, that got blown up, left the business for a little while, did a podcast for a while, went back to radio. That <laughs> got blown up. Uh, and that was December of this year. So that was that's the career, the spanning radio career. I mean, nice. I've done everything, man. It was cool. I, I enjoyed my time in radio. It was 24 years, man, almost 24 wow. years. Um Got to do everything from sit down one on one with James Hetfield from Metallica. Nice. Got a got a bro hug from him <laughs> with the big pat, the big the pound on the back shoulder. It was funny. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's funny because I'm interviewing him and I go, dude, I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go uh, bring you on stage. He goes, yeah, but where are you going? I'm like, bro, I'm going on stage right now to bring you on. Right. Like we've got to go. And he goes, yeah, but where are you going? And I turn around, I'm like, dude. And he goes, well, come here. So he called me back for a bro hug, which makes it even better. Even better. And if there was if there was video on this, I've got goosebumps right now. Just tell you the goddamn <laughs> Dude, story. You're a, you're a goosebump motherfucker, man. You got I, him the other night when we were talking. I'm a feeler. I feel things, man. Uh, yeah, goosebumps. Way, that's man. you know. You wear, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve and literally on my arms. Yeah, they're there. No, well, and no. so 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 one of the things you and I did was we uh, we taped your uh, the first episode of Cage the Bay. Yes. So, yeah, that's where we are now. I've decided that I've, you know, I, my buddies in radio tell me I'm an idiot for saying I've left radio for good because I don't know that, like we were saying before, it's kind of in your blood. I don't know that I'll ever leave for good for good. But in my mind, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm no longer pursuing radio. My agent has kind of been called off and wanted to do something different. And I've done some TV. Um, I did some local TV here. We did a show back in the day. Uh, called Suds and Cinema, and basically it was me and my co-host Lauren uh, in between parts of movies, you know, talking about the movie, cutting up, drinking beer, which I'm using air quotes because right. you weren't allowed to drink beer actually on TV at the time, and so these fake beers, which uh, sucked. Ginger ale with, uh, with with a straw in it. Yeah, it was really, it's terrible, man, terrible. Um, so it was fun, and, and after being in front of the camera for that amount of time, I really enjoyed it. So as I was trying to figure out what the hell my next move is after leaving radio, because again, I'm uh, bald, huge goatee, uh, I'm all tatted up, 
either I find something in entertainment where I can continue doing the kind of same thing I'm do- I was doing and using my Cage Cult brand, uh, or I work at fucking Hot Topic. Right. You know, there's a lot of options for me. I, you sure. know, I dropped out of college. This is what I am. I'm an I'm an entertainer. So, uh, and I, I don't think I'm, I, I'm, I can't handle hawking shit at Hot Topic. I don't think that's going to be right. Hot exactly. Topic. Do you want another pair of zoomies? <laughs> so, uh, stickers, you know, decided I would, I would cash in on a brand. I mean, you know, you've seen it down here when you're in Tampa, the cage cult yeah. is really viable brand here. It is. Um, a lot of fans, a lot of people, you know, want me to come back to radio, want me to be back in the public eye. So I started cage the Bay, actually a good friend of mine, uh, cat, uh, she had one day, I, I wrote something on Facebook about the cage cult show and that I'm going to go in a different direction. And she kind of knew that I was going to do this video thing. And she goes, just get out there and cage the bay. And I'm I like, like that. Oh, all right. And from that point on, it just, it that just it. stuck. And yeah, we created cage the bay, which is a travel channel food network esque type show but really based in tampa really we go to new locations like your spot like uh features gastropub where you just did the menu and uh, all the chef action for them we're going into these new spots the hot spots or the dive bars or the big concert events or whatever and bring in a celebrity and on the one we just did we brought you in obviously um and having honest conversations and you and i in that one in that episode and that episode will be out soon um, I loved our vibe. Yeah. I love the way that you and I, and you kind of touched on that earlier when we started talking, we just, we, we clicked a couple years ago when we met, it was easy doing this interview. And it was and- like, and we met and, and it was, it was like, uh, it was like a, like a, like a 20 minute, half hour thing. Yeah. It wasn't like we hung out all day. And I mean, cause, uh, cause Corey was there. Corey Graves was there. Yeah. Yep. And your, your, your wife, who is just fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. It, I don't know how I landed that, bro. Holy shit. She's, she's awesome, dude. What a one, what a, like, see, here's where I am in my life with, with things like this. Somebody once sent me a little meme that said, uh, and, and I'll post it later. It said, the world is weird. We just meet somebody and we think, or friendship is weird. You just meet somebody. And you're like, I just want to hang out with this person. Yeah, I've seen that. And yeah. that's kind of like as you know. I mean, I'm 45 years old, and and right. you're starting to settle into friendships or have. And we've all. I don't know. It was just a weird vibe. Like it was cool. Like that was it. Yeah. It's just like no, I want to hang out with worked, this dude. Man. It worked, and yeah. that's um, that's one of those things I'm going to try to cash in on with Cage the Bay is is using. These true friendships, you know, you were the first one, obviously, because the timing was perfect. Perfect. It's the perfect thing for what we're trying to do, sampling the food, sampling the drink, but then having an honest conversation about smoking weed and and what exactly does a chef, you know, cook when they get high. Yeah. Uh, You know, we were joking in the episode that all I want to do is I'll put M&Ms on on, uh, Wonder Bread with a slice of cheese. I'm like, ah, fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, But tune in to Cage the Bay to find out what Chef Brian Duffy does. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Nice plug. That's why you did radio. You're good at that shit. A little segue here, segue there. Um, So Uh, I want to come back. I want to come back to Cage the Bay in a minute. I I, I have a question that I've that I've always wondered in it, and it has a lot to do with the Tampa area because of of some of my 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 dear friends. I mean, Kathy has has become a wonderful friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Jerry P. Tuck and Jason, those guys who did radio, who are now running, they're producing the podcast and you 
and RBI Rich and all of these people that I met down there through radio. Why is Tampa such a mecca for radio? Because because and give me one sec, because I, I, I don't I don't see that anywhere else. Like, look, we've got Preston and Steve in Philly. Right. But they're not I, I just don't they're not as 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 prevalent as I see radio up here isn't as prevalent as what I see in Tampa. And why is that? I think radio in Tampa is a unique animal, man. Um, we've got such a, a mix of people. Um, as far as I, that's a really interesting question. I mean, it, it, like I, in this day and age, I mean, we've got podcasts all over the place. Absolutely. We've got, absolutely. We've got XM satellite. We've got uh, iTunes and Spotify and all this other stuff, but it's like you pull up to a red light and somebody's windows down and they're listening to the radio. Well, I think, you know, speaking for, you know, what I did on the radio here and what some of these other people that you just mentioned have done. Um, and I don't know why it doesn't happen in other spots. Uh, it's all about being personal with your audience. Okay. And radio, unfortunately, and this is one of the reasons I've, I'm, you know, walking away from radio is radio. It's always been a business. Obviously sure. people need to make money. Um, but for a long time, we were in the business of creating personality. We were in the business of actually connecting with our audience. And I feel like radio is changing. Even in Tampa Bay, radio is changing to where the big iHearts and these these big companies, um, it's all about the bottom line, which is fine. You sure. know, they're, they're a business. they got to run their business. Show business, not but show that friends. Bottom line, it, it comes at the expense of talent. And they are fine with having certain people just be there to read their little liner cards and do their little thing. Um, but for so long, and again, that's just that's what radio is becoming. Now let's go back to the original question. For a long time, uh, Tampa, just such a great community environment. I love Tampa Bay. I love this area. I grew up in South Florida. It's not much different from Tampa. But – this is I-75 traffic and not I-95 traffic, if right. that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah. It's a really cool community. Tampa Bay, great people, some Midwestern people, and then obviously the Floridians. Um, and it's – you're pretty much free to be able to be you. Now, sure. I, I say that by – look, I would do stuff on the radio where at Christmas time I would take a little uh, baby doll and I would, I would draw it and make it look like Jesus – and I would take that baby doll and I make sure it could cry because it was radio and you squeeze and it cries. And we'd have a Christmas tree in the corner of the studio and it was the cage cult baby Jesus toss. And you could call up and we'd have all these different uh, ornaments on the tree that had different presents for you, you know, whether monster truck tickets or sure. whatever, contra tickets. And either you would have my co-host Lauren gingerly toss the baby Jesus at the tree to win your prize because you don't want to hurt the baby Jesus. Of course. Or you would have me chuck the baby Jesus at the tree, which made for much better radio. <laughs> so everybody would call up and I would chuck the baby Jesus at the tree and it would hit the tree and make this loud noise. Um, and there was plenty of people that were offended by that, obviously. Sure. But for the most part, even the people who were offended by it, let it be. Sure. And just let us, because they knew it was entertainment. Right. You know, was I looking to offend somebody? Yeah, I guess, because that's entertainment. Right. You know, you, you know if somebody's not in, uh, offended, you're not doing it right. That's right. You know, my my thought process. So <clears throat> Tampa Bay is one of those markets where they do embrace you being you. Even if they don't agree with you 100 percent, they right. embrace you. And I think uh, the, the people of Tampa Bay 
love their radio personalities because we are personal, because we are out in the streets. Man, I was doing gigs four or five days a week, you know, on top of my show. Right. And that's all because I wanted people to know. Now, there's a lot of fucking DJs in Tampa Bay and there's a lot of DJs in this fucking country and in the world who think way too fucking highly of themselves. Sure. You know, their shit don't stink. I'm doing this. I'm great because I'm like, fuck you. You have a fucking microphone and you're lucky to be able to do that. Are you talented? Sure. That's okay. Yeah. You can be talented and you got to have some fucking swagger, man. I've got, I've got ego. I've got, you do, you have ego because if this is, we wouldn't do what we do if we didn't have this ego. Exactly. Okay. You need to feed that, but you also got to make sure that the pedestal that you're put on, you're actually put on and you're not crawling up there your goddamn self. Because when you crawl up on a pedestal by yourself, there ain't nobody there to catch you when you fall. No, not at all. Yeah. Put you on a pedestal. Somebody else set you up on that thing. Well, you know what? There's hands all around you to catch you. So it's not saying that you're not on a pedestal. It's not saying that your ego is not being satiated because you are in the spotlight. But you make sure that all those people that are around you want to stay around you. Absolutely. And that's your fans, your family, anything, because you show them respect. And yeah. you make sure that's why I created the Cage Cold Show. You know, there's a lot of different uh, you know, shows in this market where it, it's me, me, me. It's all about me. Okay, you know, it, my show was about me because it was about my personal life, but I made sure that it was also about you. It was about the cage cult. It became about us. Yeah. So there was nothing off the table. And, and you know, whether it was uh, when I was uh, my previous wife were trying to get pregnant and, you know, I'm, I'm jizzing into a cup to see if I've got, you know, if, if we got enough sperm because nothing's happening. It's not right. working right. And I'm going on the fucking radio. And I went on the radio one day and I was like, well, the doctor just told me I had a low sperm count. Fucking no, no shit. How that's an ego blow to any dude. Absolutely. You know, now, chances are, you know, he goes, did you jerk off this week? I'm like, I'm a dude. Of course I fucking jerked yeah. off. He goes, maybe day. Off before. Yeah. So, um, but to go on the radio and expose yourself like that. And not just, you know, because that's something that a lot of guys who they don't want to talk about it. Mm, a lot I of guys agree. don't want to admit that they're having problems getting their wife pregnant or this, that or the other. And I would go and I would turn that spotlight back on me and go, look, man. Yes, I'm on the radio. Yes. You know, revered. And I use quotes again because sure. of being on the radio. Um, but to this day, I still have guys calling me going, hey, man. You know, I appreciate you talking about the things you talked about, specifically those type of things, those really personal ones. He goes, uh, they say, because it makes it real. Yeah. It makes it real for all of us. Totally agree with you. You know, and and look, uh, was my show offensive? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was offensive. But if I took shots at you or my intern or my co-host or a listener – I was taking those shots tenfold back sure. and I was one pulling the trigger on myself. Yeah. You know, because self-deprecating humor, as we know in entertainment, that's a it's a big thing, man. Everybody loves the self-deprecating humor. But when you can do it and make it real, not just do it to make somebody feel sorry for you. Right. You no, it. no, I agree. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. You do it because but, it's real. And there's something to that. There's totally. I'm I mean, that, that, now I'm just, you know, nice little trip down memory lane. I like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth. I mean, I've. You know, one of the things that I when, when I've, I've done TV for 14 years and I have and I have producers that I work with and I tell them right off the bat. I'm like, hey, look, 
like whether it's it's the initial for a pilot or to continue forward or a new producer or whatever it is, one of the first things I say is I'm a chef. Okay, that's what I do. I didn't go to an acting class. I didn't take a speech class. If you need something from me, tell me because this is who you get. Right. I'm one dude. I, I don't play a character. Mm-hmm. Like, and you, you, like, we sat and talked and we were on camera and you and I were you and I. That's yeah, absolutely. what it was. And that's yeah. what, in my mind, is why we have a following that we do have. People, people, people look and they go, wow, man, th- these guys are regular fucking guys. You know, right. they're having fun. They're sitting back. They're having a good time. And, and, and that's what I believe in. And that's what I, I dated a girl a long time ago who used to get pissed off. Not a long time ago, a little while ago. And she used to get pissed off because, like, you know, I mean, and you know and you feel it. People recognize you when you go out. Right. Sure. Can't, can't they leave you alone? Like, I was sitting by the pool in Tampa the other day, mm-hmm. and I'm fucking – I'm a short, fat guy. I'm just going to say it right out there. I am white as a fucking sheet. All right. I am white as a sheet with the exception of my farmer's tan in the back of my neck because of the uh-huh. fact that I ride a Harley. Yep, and this yep. girl – I had headphones in. I had a bottle of water in my hand and she walks up to me and she was like um, and taps me on my naked white skin <laughs> while I'm listening to music. Right. And said, um, are, are you a chef? And I said, uh, yes, I am a chef. Do you mind if I take a picture with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I said, uh, yeah. Do you mind if I cover my fat up and maybe put a T-shirt <laughs> on and maybe run and get a hat or something? No, no, no. You're fine the way you are. And I said, no, 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 no. You're fine the way you are. This yeah. motherfucker's put. But it, and she's like, you're exactly what I expected. You're exactly what I expected. And that's it. It's that simple. Like we, they fuel what we do right. in a tremendous amount. Absolutely. If it weren't for them, then there is no cage cult. Yeah. There is no cage. You know, there is no cage the bay. There is no duffified live. There is none of that. <clears throat> and I've been out with people before who are pretentious dickheads who have been on TV two or three times and used the term, do you know who I am? Oh. No, I have no idea who the fuck you are. You were on TV once. Yeah. So yeah. it's a different world, you know, and, and, and I blame, I blame a lot of the ego and the attitude with production mm-hmm. because they blow you. Right. They do whatever sure. it is that you want to make sure that you are happy while you're on. And I get that. I understand it. It's a creative process. It's, you know, they want to ease everything. But it's time to be fucking real with people, man. Yeah. It's because you're, we're, 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 creating, we're creating celebrities through Instagram, through Twitter, for never doing anything. And look at the Kardashians. Who the fuck are they? Right. What did they do? What do they do? Yeah, one bitch gets fucking banged on a camera, and then boom. Look, even look now that even the, my sex tape sucked. No, <laughs> you know the cash me outside girl that that chick that was on Doctor Phil or whatever, and and that the, chick what, is what out in L. A. The, the cash me outside. You see that? That oh, cash me outside. How about that? Have you oh seen my that? God, yes, 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 that yes. fucking shit. Yeah. So this thirteen-year-old cunt. Oof. Who is she goes out and she just fucking, uh, you know, she goes on Dr. Phil and, and blasts the audience, you know, because right. they're, you know, calling her out on her bullshit. Sure. And and now she is in L.A. filming her reality fucking show and she signed like a million dollar fucking contract yeah. and I'm living off my 401k. <laughs> Fuck off, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Are you kidding me right I, now? We were, but I don't know. I know. I understand. I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. 
It, it, no, so you're right. To go back to what you said, you're absolutely right. But we're creating this. We're allowing this to happen because of social media, because of sure. you know letting these people get away with you know uh, again one second on camera. You're right, one second, and all of a sudden, oh, I saw you on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Yeah. Let's be real about this, okay? You know, or even in radio, and, and there was a lot of guys that I knew, and I had interns, and you know, I, I always taught my interns to respect the business, always respect the business and know that it's not just about concerts. That's the fun shit. Sure. We get to go to shows, we get to meet bands, but remember you're also working. Right. And if you're in my studio and a celebrity comes through, you don't ask for autographs. You don't ask for pictures unless there's a time for that. And if I set up a time for that, then good for you. Sure. But if not respect the business, we are here to do a job. And too many people get behind a microphone and their head gets too fucking blown up or get in front of a camera one fucking time and their head gets too blown up. And you're right. The people around them just start propping them up, especially if the people around them have not been on camera. They're like, oh, I know somebody who's been on TV. Right. I know somebody who's been on the radio. Yeah. You know, and they fucking blow them, like you said. And then they just. It's out of control. Yeah. It's you, absolutely out of control. You know, one of my fun things that I love to do, and I have a lot of friends who are in radio and a lot of friends that are in TV and, and do all that stuff is uh, when somebody does that, you look really familiar. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I only look familiar because I'm friends with him. Right. And I totally – and then they're like, oh, wait a second. Who is he? And I do – like yeah. you met you met Tips, Michael Tips the other day who is who is, yeah. is, is like a brother to me. And that's one of my favorite things to do. We'll walk into a bar and somebody will be like, you look familiar. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's a fucking celebrity, man. Like, he, look, Tips was on fucking One Life to Live, man. He had a whole year on One Life to Live. Dude, that was a cool cat, man. That's the first time I got to meet him over at Features. Great, that was dude. great, man. Great guy. He's totally down to earth. And, and I, we actually ended up, while we were down there, we ended up going to, have you been to the Lion's Den? I have not. In Ebor? Okay. First off, the motherfucker who owns it, his name is Brian Lyon. Okay. Who doesn't Lion. want to hang out with a dude named Brian? That's like that's like hanging out with a dude named Jesse Cage. I right. Mean, that's all the raddest names. <laughs> just I mean, the guy's name's Brian Lyon, and uh, he owns a cigar shop on the second floor above something. It's called Lion's Den, and it's on the second floor of somewhere in Ebor. That's about the extent that I have for you. It's it's a new spot. Is it is it a new spot? Is it, it didn't look new to me, man. Why don't I know? I mean, I, it's on Seventh. I'm guessing in Ebor, but yeah, it's uh, on the main drag. It's across the street. It's it's uh, just down the street from Bad Monkey. I'm naming right. like my favorite bars in Tampa at this point. I love Ebor, dude. I e- love dude, Ebor is great. I used to live in Riverview, actually, where we did features. I used to live okay. up there. Um, you know, I'm in St. Pete now, <clears throat> but um, I mean, for a long time there, uh, me and my buddies would roll Ebor all the time, man. How can, how you know, Gaspar's Grotto is one of my favorite places. <gasps> Do you know the chef? Uh, you know the you know the chef's name is at Gaspar's Grotto. I don't know now. Mm-mm. His name is Richard Fucking Hook, dude. Hook, dude. All yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. And, and we talked to him, and, and do I, it. his whole like mentality when we spoke to him when we were getting ready to open this whole process of of features, and this is like two years ago. We're going back. Right. And it was me and Kathy and Monica and my good buddy Tony Knight, and we're sitting at the bar. And the chef kind of freaked out because he recognized me from Bar Rescue right. and, uh, and and just started sending like, you got to try my fried pickles. You got to try my fried pickles. We have this amazing conversation about stuff. It's all rock and roll and we're doing our stuff. And then I said, what's it going to take you to leave? And he looked at me and he said, man, my name is Captain Hook. You want me to leave Gaspar's Grotto? 
<laughs> I'm not going anywhere, no matter how much money you offer me, man. He said, I found my perfect job in the perfect yeah. place, and this is where I'm supposed to be in life. And, and and that was it, man. But but Ebor to me, between Bad Monkey, Gaspar's Grotto, and my tattoo guy, uh, Frankie Ayers at, at Atomic, yep. I, I you can get loaded at either one of those bars. You can yep. go and make a really bad decision and get a really good tattoo of something probably <laughs> stupid. And then when you're all done, you go to Duomice and you have unbelievable New York style pizza. I agree. I agree. Uh, they're, they're, everything is there. And that's what I love. I mean, you know, when we moved to St. Pete, I thought I would miss uh, Ebor, And I do. There's things I miss because it, the, just the friendships, man. When you're down there every night, whether, it, you know, even like Coyote Ugly, we just got to know them so well at Coyote Ugly. And, and just that whole, you know, the whole vibe was just so great down there. Um, but downtown St. Pete now, man, downtown. And when you come back again, we're going to have to all go downtown St. Pete. You can crash at our pad. Um, but just so many great bars and restaurants. And, you know, they're saying that St. Pete now is one of the foodie destinations of the country. I'm hearing a lot, a lot of stuff about about St. Pete. Yeah, no, it's just awesome. I mean, there's some great chefs in Tampa as well. I mean, I love seeing some of the stuff that's coming out of there now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so now, so St. Pete's what, 20, 20 minutes from Tampa? Uh, 25? Yeah, it depends on traffic. I mean, yeah, it, it, you know, it, listen, if it's not peak time, sure, 25 minutes. Okay. Problem is, if you get stuck uh, on I 4, 275, Howard Franklin, Gandhi at the wrong time, just trying to cross those bridges, man. I mean, that's the biggest pain in the ass. You try to you try to leave St. Pete to go to Tampa at five o'clock, and you do it across the Howard Franklin. Fuck, man, it, that's uh, that turns into a hour plus drive. And and is um, it true? Happened, is it true that they uh, they wash the Crosstown Expressway nightly? Um, <laughs> that's what Kathy that, told me. That, I mean, that could be a thing because they shut it down when when they were. Fucking building that thing. I had just, this is like 2004. I had just gotten a 2004 uh, Mustang Terminator Cobra and it was competition orange. Fucking awesome. <laughs> they, were, they had just done the overpass and I used to, again, live in Riverview and I was working at 98 Rock in Tampa. So I'd or have to go, I'd take the crosstown. But the overpass wasn't open yet and they were painting like white paint on the overpass. And they're like, uh, they can do it during the day because supposedly the paint dries. Even if it hits the air, it'll dry and just bounce off your car. Hmm. Bullshit. Went through, got to work. My entire car just oh, had these no pebbles shit. of paint just ding, 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 over the entire fucking thing. And so. <laughs> oh, what people don't know right now is that I'm actually staring at Jesse with wide open eyes and just realized that I'm on a podcast and, and radio and not TV. So you can't see my reaction, but I know exactly what he's talking about. Fuck, dude. I was so pissed. So I called across town. I go through 10 different fucking people. And finally, it's like a $600 uh, car wash later because they had to clay bar it up and do like strip everything down and. They ended up paying for it because I went on the radio that day and I go, if you don't do this, it's going to get worse for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I never, I never use that fucking radio card. I don't go to, if I have bad service, well, I'm Jesse Cage. I'll yeah. go on the radio and, and blast, blast you. you. Yeah. When Which I, is not my style, but holy fucking shit. I was like, you guys, you really, come on, come on. And so they sent me a check. It was good. <laughs> I have, uh, uh, I've blasted, I've blasted government agencies. I've blasted. SEPTA, Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority, hit my hit my Harley and then took off. 
And then oddly enough, I had a friend of mine who was a major news anchor in Philadelphia reach out to um, police and do all this other stuff. They had no record of any 911 call during that time frame at all. So, so my six 911 calls were never – There was apparently their system was down for a little while. Oh, convenient. Yeah. Um, those are, that's the only thing I blast. I, I did, however, once take a picture of a bartender behind the bar on her phone – Right. While I was waiting, no identifying marks, nothing. Somebody recognized her, went to her, and I was ripped apart, <laughs> ripped apart from all these bad places that I've been in. I take a picture of one fucking bartender on her phone, right. and they've ripped me apart. It all comes back because guess what, man? I hate Yelp. So, oh, <laughs> oh man, I'm Yelp done with all that shit. Such bullshit, dude. It was funny. I had, uh, I guess the one time, if I've got to think, there's one time that I did blast an establishment and I'm not going to say it again because we've since made up, but there was a new bar that opened up uh, in downtown St. Pete and we were there literally every day the first week they were open and not just spending a little money. We were spending a lot of money. It was like one of the first craft beer bars that opened. And so we're doing beer flights and all this stuff. And Ended up being there on – it was a Saturday or a Sunday, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody was in there, and they've got a jukebox. And Duff, I like to sing, bro. If there's a, <laughs> if there's a jukebox, I'm singing. So we turn the jukebox on. We're doing Third Eye Blind Jumper, and there's that little drum part. And me and my buddy are on the bar, just not on the bar, but it's like – Right. You know, and the owner comes over. He goes, that's not the kind of bar I want here. Oh, really? And I go – but he, it was a real dad voice too. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. like, excuse me. And he goes, this is not the type of bar I want here. So you guys are, you know, you can pay and leave. I'm like, wow. Wow. Are you serious? Like I, I didn't, I, I couldn't process it. And, and again, I was there a week and not one time that I go, well, I'm Jesse Cage. Um, you know, we were just there spending money, no discounts. No, we're just having a good time. And, um, my buddy's like, if you don't want people singing or having a good time in your bar, why would you have a jukebox then? Right. Like, why, you know, what, what's it there for? Um, and then uh, poor waitress comes up, bartender. She comes up and she's like, um, so I'm never going to see you guys again, am I? And I'm like, you will not. No, but you're going to hear about me. Oh, you're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> and the next day I went on the air and um, I just I, I just blasted the place because I'm like, look, I spent a lot of money there. Yeah. And. I wasn't, I wasn't there for an event. wasn't there. I was just there having a good time with my friends. We were not being over obnoxious. Um, cause I've been with my friends when we were over obnoxious and I'll be more than happy to admit when that sure. happens, this was not the case at all. And I guess one of the, one of the other bartenders was a fan of my show. He heard it. He tells the owner, um, you know, it gets back to me that they're mad at me. And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't go in there saying who I was. I didn't go in right. there. There's nothing. Nothing. I go. I was a guest. That's got to be careful when you own an establishment, a bar, a restaurant, whatever, as you very well know. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do something, I'm not saying not to do it. I'm not saying, look, you don't want me there. Kick me the fuck out. But know that there are certain ramifications to what that is. Sure. Absolutely. And, and I just happen to be the number one afternoon jock in Tampa. Right. So, yeah. you know, look, and the bar is doing fine. They, they didn't, you know, they're, they're still alive and well. They just had an anniversary. They're doing fine. Um, I did end up going back in. I've never talked to that owner again, but I have talked to, there was a bartender that saw me at another bar and said, Hey man, would you come back and have one beer with me? Just Give come back shot. in and have a beer. Yeah. And I did. Went back in, had a beer, had a great time. And I've been back a couple of times since. Yeah. Um, but it was years 
I would not fucking step foot in that place. I'm like, Dude, oh, I have you. those places, man. I have them as well. Uh, you know, well, I mean, where it's just not worth it. Listen, service and um, and just being cordial to your guest is everything to me. I'll go to uh, a mediocre restaurant with great service before 100%. I'll go to a brilliant restaurant with shitty, shitty service. service. I say it all the time. The service clears up many, many issues. And, and a lot of times what I see, you know, when we opened my place, we struggled, man. I mean, look, my general manager went to jail the day after I fucking opened. So I spent six weeks working with a guy of, of trying to give my culture and my understanding of, of a concept that was mine at that point. Right. And, uh, and I traveled leading up to it. Uh, unfortunately, I still have to work, even though I, I own a, you know, I own this. I still have to work because I don't make any fucking money off of it. You right. know, I mean, it's the first year, man. You're you're trying to figure it out. He goes right. to jail day one, like day, literally day fucking one. Not to cut you off, but what does he go to jail for? Can you tell me? It was it really wasn't that big of a deal. It was a uh, it was five bench warrants, a violation on a protection from abuse, a DUI that he ran from out of Georgia. It was then when he got out of jail, he had a heroin overdose into the apartment that we gave him that he broke, um, <laughs> that happened upstairs. Then he proceeded to, to fucking steal a credit card from us. Ah, no big deal. Nothing. I mean, it's like what the fuck. So wait, he's out of jail and back working for you, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you know, he's he's opening the bar today. He just got finished counting the registers. <laughs> Uh, and I've got, and I, and this story gets deeper and I can't go into too much of it right now, right. but it gets deeper. But so that was my first struggle. And the worst part is this was December 6th and I had to fly on December 8th. So it was like, that was the whole process. Then we struggled going forward and the guest doesn't give a shit about that. They don't care. They really just don't give a shit. So you've got to be on all the time. You've got to be on all the time. And I had, I had a really bad scenario a couple of, a couple months ago that I've cleared up since then. And, and, and I admitted my fault and I admitted my guilt, but I had a guy who came into the restaurant who knows, he said, you know, he said he waited 24 minutes for something. The perception, time perception to a guest, unless you're actually looking at your watch is usually 15 to 20 minutes longer than what it actually is. I hate to tell you, but it's the truth. Right. And uh, and my manager had come up to me and said, dude, we have a guy in the dining room right now who's literally live tweeting shit about us while he sits here. And he then proceeded to say, I'm going to continue to talk shit on this place the entire time that I'm here. So I, I you know, I let my my emotions get the best of me. And I walked down and I said, hey, who's the person who's tweeting tonight? And he looked at me and said, oh, that's me. And I said, good. When you do me a favor, can you get the fuck out now? <laughs> well, what are you talking about? Doesn't matter. Just do me a favor and get the fuck. Like yeah. I was livid, livid. Right. And, and I remember my general manager, that my new guy came up to me. He said, dude, you're like my fucking hero. And I kind of laughed about it. And I remember. Like, you know, when you have that confrontation and you've got that like tightness in your chest and your arms are shaking a little bit. And I just thought that was so wrong of me. Right. So wrong of me. It was not something that I should have done. I let my 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 uncomfort or my my discomfort with the situation take over and and all that stuff. And I reached out to the guy. You know, I I, I reached out. I never heard back. I replied, you know, I sent him a private message through Yelp because then, of course, he proceeded to rip apart the restaurant on Yelp and the whole nine yards. But uh, and that was it was a big moment, man. That was a big, huge moment in my career that I let some let, I let somebody get the best of me. And I was not good. You know, and, and listen, man, that's one of those things that that happens to the best of us, especially yeah. when it's something when you're talking about your baby. 
You're talking about a place that you have poured all this blood, sweat, and tears, literal blood, yeah. sweat, and tears into this location yeah. or into this concept. And, and $2.6 million dollars as well. Right. Well, and, and to be ripped to shreds <laughs> by some fucking jabron who, you know, it's not going to affect him at all. All if, if all he no. had to do is come to you there at the restaurant or ask for you or ask for a manager or yeah. whoever and have that conversation. But that's the thing. It's all the keyboard warriors on Yelp who have one little tweak or a bad experience oh, who want to fucking just, just lambast people when there's just a there's another way to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, it, you're right. It is on us as uh, people who the are finger. in the spotlight. And I say owners of restaurants are in the spotlight in that restaurant. 100%. You are in the spotlight. And I can remember times at 98 Rock Fest, there was, you know, early, this, which, which was the big 98 Rock concert series every year. And when we moved from outside to inside the Emily Arena, there was some seating issues with the VIP sections because the VIP sections were so close to the stage, but they were side stage. But whoever decided to set that up that way didn't think about all the backloading that has to happen. And so all the equipment is stacked up on the sides of the stage. So there's people who spent more money than anybody in the entire place who can't see the stage. see. Sure. You know, and so people are just fucking going. Of course. Shit. And, and look, for good reason. You spent a lot of money for something and, you know, but ape shit. And yeah. so um, the it just wasn't being handled properly. So finally, I'm like, you know what? I knew some of the security guards, you know, because that's something my mentor taught me years ago. You know, everybody who I don't care if they're the guy who carry a cable trash or whoever you fucking take care of everybody. So sure. I'm really good friends with the security guards. So I personally went down there and this dude who could have fucking destroyed me, <laughs> he was fucking huge. And he and I walked down there and I saw the look in his eyes. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm about to get my ass kicked. Yeah. And, and I walked down and, and now look, I had some security with me. I could have been a, a total asshole and been fine. But this guy would have had at least one shot on me, which would have sucked. Right, exactly. Um, but, you know, I went down there and I looked him in the eye. I'm like, bro, I feel you. I get it. I just need you to stop yelling real quick. I'm like, because he's just ta- causing the biggest scene. Sure. I'm like, I promise you that me, Jesse, not Jesse Cage, not the fucking, I go, me. Yeah. I am going to personally take care of this for you. And I got to the security. Luckily, we had some spots where those people who couldn't see, we got them moved over. And that was fucking six years ago. To this day, every time I see this dude, and he's a fucking monster. I know every time I see him. Right. But I'll see him at a show or out. Every fucking time he comes up to me and thanks me. Sure. For taking care of him that day and not leaving, not walking away. Because a lot of people walked up and walked away. Sure. And I wasn't leaving. I, I was like, I will not leave. And I have no business having to do that. That's right. I had to be on stage. I had other things to do. There's 20,000 people there. I had other things to do. But, but I took the time as a who had ownership of my show and of 98 Rock at the time, you know, not ownership, but you get what sure. I'm saying. No, it's it's a self-ownership. And um, and and, and we and, and we changed something that day. We yeah. changed that dude's attitude. Now he goes out of his way all the time to make sure people know. Well, Jesse Cage took care of me. Yep. You know, and that's the same thing. Somebody comes into your restaurant and you take care of them. They're gonna they're gonna tell everybody. They're gonna be tweeting about it. They're gonna you know, oh fuck, I met Brian Duffy, great fucking dude. Took care of this. Took care of that. You know, even when you want to fucking punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've gotten to a point that that what I've started to tell clients and the other stuff when there is a complainer, when there is anything else, and I did it a couple weeks ago. I just I walked up to a table that was pissed off about something, and I said, "Look, I can sit here and I can blow smoke up your ass. I can I can I can give you excuse after excuse after excuse, whether it be valid or not, of what just happened. But it all comes down to this very simple thing: What is it that I can do to make you happy right now?" Because that's all it comes down to. What is it that I can do? And I'll be honest with you that that I would have to say probably 80% of the people say, I just want a discount. I just want a discount or I want this taken off of my check. Right. But I had a, I had a situation a couple of weeks ago where we had a 15 top that turned into a 40 that, that, that literally just wreaked havoc through an entire day. The whole day, they walked out on a portion of their check. My banquet person sent a text to the woman who booked the party and said, if you don't come back here, we're calling the police and having you arrested. Like, it was horrible, the whole situation. And I walked back into the restaurant that night, and there's, like, four dudes that were, like, three times the size of me, man. Like, very, very big, six foot. One guy looks at me. He's like, dude, I'm 6'5", 240 pounds. I just wanted my food when I ordered my food. And I finally just stopped and said, you know what? There's no need for us to argue this point anymore. I'm just going to just eliminate the $240 check because it's not worth it for me to sit here. Don't you know those motherfuckers went back and put five negative reviews on Yelp, bitching about the management, bitching about the ownership, bitching about the entire scenario. And And, you fucking – you comped them a 240 check? They walked out on a quarter of their bill. They literally up and walked out on a quarter of their bill. I mean it was bad. The whole scenario was bad. And again, these are – you know, you – this is – I love social media, what it does for my brand. I love being able to reach out. Uh, You and I get to stay in touch because of Twitter and these other things when it's convenient. Uh, but again, it's the fucking keyboard warriors who just sit back there and look, it's the trolls. It's when I was on the radio, I say something they don't like and they, you know, all the threats and all this bullshit. I'm like, you won't get out of your grandma's fucking guest bedroom to whoop my ass. I remember at least back in the day they would call, they'd have to call. I remember this guy called me up one day and he goes, you can't say what you said. I don't remember what I said, but you can't say that. I go, well, I did. And he goes, I'm going to beat your fucking ass. I go 4002 Gandhi Boulevard. I drive a fucking silver Mustang. I'll see you at 7 o'clock. <laughs> Motherfucker didn't show up. Nope. Thank God. Right. <laughs> no. Thank you. Yeah, one, thank God, too. Yeah. He's sitting in a building with a sniper scope. Right. It's just – but you just fucking you, – you, you, you got all these internet balls. Sure. It's all internet balls and they just love it because, oh, well, yep, they'll listen to me. Yeah. And, and I know from dealing with other friends in the business – Look, you're not going to make everybody happy 100% of the time. But now when you can immediately sitting there, go on Yelp and go, oh, Duff is a fucking asshole. You're not going to believe this. Exactly. And even even if you do fix it, like you said, and those motherfuckers do it afterwards, but people will do it while they're there. Even if you fix it, they're not going back to retract that. Not at all. They're not going to fucking do that. They don't give a shit because it's not their money. It's not their fucking livelihoods. No. No, and, and and I mean the problem is I see it all, and I I'm a, I'm the person who replies back to these people, you know when when I have somebody duffs a fucking asshole and I reply yeah I am so wh- why am I an asshole to you now, 
you know, I mean, I hear that stuff all the time and it's funny. Oh shit. I didn't realize. And the private messages that I get after the, so they make their tweet, they make their post. And then I reply to them in a live forum. And then there's the, then there's the private message that comes through. Hey man, I was just fucking with you. I thought you had somebody who does your Twitter and look, I've got a hundred thousand followers on all my, on, on all my shit. And, and I am on my Twitter. I don't have anybody who does it for me. I'm replying. So when my kids go to bed or if I'm sitting at dinner or, you know, whatever it is and I'm replying to you, that's me. It's not somebody well, else. So that makes me excited. So now I know when you PM me the dick pics that it actually is your dick. Right. It, well, look, right. the cool part, the cool part is you just have to scroll in pretty much. You just got, <laughs> it's just a, you can't see my fingers, people, but I'm making the expand the screen uh, uh, sign. It's just like getting a check when you kind of make the check in the air. I'm expanding the screen. Um, oh, look at that thing. There it is. <laughs> which now you now you just made me laugh. I'm totally sending you something in a second. You're going to fucking cry. I wish I could find it right this second, but I've got to send it to you. Um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's a tough world, man. I mean, and, yeah, man. And, and it's a great world. I mean, uh, we, we met because of what we do. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, even still, I mean, the relationship that I have with you and now I know that I have a friend no matter what when I come to Tampa. I'm lucky because I have a lot of friends when I come to Tampa. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, between that and then, I mean, even the, the you know, I mean, a relationship with Corey, like Corey and his wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, Corey and I have, have texted each other, you know, whenever there's an opportunity, be either in Connecticut or in Florida or whatever it is. And I'm like, dude, are you around? He's like, no, I'm not. Or I'm in the airport or I'm going here. And, and but there's a there's a fun little relationship that happens from people like us that are people that are out there that enjoy what we do, that really true value, truly value the fans that we have. Oh, absolutely. And, and I hate the word fan because it's kind of a, it's a weird thing and it's gotten a negative world with fanboy, fangirl, whatever that is. Right. Cause some of these people have become fucking friends. That's how Monica and I met Monica. And I met because of Twitter. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. It's a nice medium if you do it the right way. And, and I feel like I actually have friends all over the world that I communicate with. Dude, absolutely. Sometimes absolutely. on a daily basis, whether it's a, Hey, how are you? Or whatever it is, there's a, there's an interaction there. That's really kind of cool. And I embrace it. And I know you do. Um, so, Hey brother, I have stolen an hour of your time today. I believe an hour has gone by already. I know. And uh, so why don't you do me a favor because we got to hop off here. Why don't you uh, – how can we get in touch with you and all the good stuff? Uh, best thing, go to the Twitter box and get me at Jesse Cage, J-E-S-S-E-K-A-G-E because I'm a badass. At, <laughs> at Jesse Cage. Uh, CageTheBay.com is active. It is uh, a work in progress, so I don't want to be judged on that today. But uh, feel I'm, to- free to I'm hit totally me. writing a Yelp review about it right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man. Uh, obviously, the the Facebooks, uh, Cage the Bay. You can find us there as well, and uh, just follow along. It's going to be exciting, and uh, this is not going to be the last time that uh, the Duff Cage happens. Hopefully, Ooh, I like that the Duff Cage. That's mm-hmm. nice. Look, I um, gave you time billing, bro. I know. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, well, uh, all right, brother. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you got shit to do, and, and so do I. So um, let's uh, let's keep in touch, and uh, I will see you in a couple weeks when I'm back down there. You know, man. Thank you so much, brother. All right. So there you go. I told you, no matter what, that my buddy, Jesse Cage. Come on, man. What a good dude. How, how, how hard is that um, to, uh, to kind of have fun with him? Uh, he's a good egg. He's a good friend uh, living down there in St. Pete's right now and starting a whole new kind of chapter in his life with the TV world and, and, and having some fun with that. 
um, with his beautiful wife, Crystal, and he's doing a huge this show with uh, Mika. I can't remember her last name. Um, super rock star chick who's doing the production there. She's directing the new show. Um, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your friendship, man, and, and thank you so much for – uh, for uh, for having me on your show, so that I can ultimately re, you know turn around and, and and give you a little bit of time on mine. I, I appreciate that. So I can't wait to get back down there and see you. Um, so everybody, do me a favor though. Check out Jesse Cage. That's at J E S S E K A G E, and then you can always follow Cage on the Bay. That's K A G E on the Bay. Um, for me, this is going to be about it. Uh, this has been an hour and a half long show again. Um, I apologize. Uh, sometimes I just have a lot of things to talk about, and I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, you can find me very simply at Chef Bry Duff, C-H-E-F-B-R-I-D-U-F-F. You can also check me out on uh, Facebook, and that's Chef Brian Duffy. If you feel like coming to Philadelphia, stop by and have a pint with me at the Flying Fish Craft House. You can follow those guys at FF Craft House. Um, you can also go to the website and check out what we do, which is FFCraftHouse.com. If you really want to do something kind of cool, you can download the app. Our app is Flying Fish. You can find it under uh, iTunes and find it under Stitcher as well. Check that stuff out because if you download it, you get a free beer. Come on in. Have a pint on me. Have some fun. You go into a Phillies game, come on up. Have a pint after. Just show me your ticket. So we're doing that sort of stuff. But um, I have to thank my people that I always have to thank on a weekly basis. Um, a lot of really cool stuff with them this week. Uh, Michelle out there at Techno Solutions who does my website and does my updates of everything. Um, check her out as well at Techno Solution. Um, she does an amazing job with website and graphics and all that. She's a super cool chick too. Come on, how can I not talk about the absolutely wonderful and beautiful Maggie Gagliardi? Maggie Gagliardi, follow her on Instagram and Twitter. It is very simple. It's at Mags, M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. She does all of my... Um, all my illustrations for the shows, um, she does uh, sometimes like today. It, today it's Thursday at noon that I'm recording this, and I'm just now getting her a picture of Jesse. So, Maggie, you're amazing. I love you, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you do. Um, the boys over there at RadioInfluence.com who produce this show, who push me um, on a weekly basis to get them timely stuff, and I never do, and I love you guys, and I appreciate that. And thank you for coming out and supporting me at Features Gastro Pub last week. Um, your friendship is important to me and your professionalism. Is, is is it just shows evident on a daily basis with what I do with you guys. Um, then all said and done, uh, look, I own a company called Duffified Experience Group. Um, it's what I do. I believe in exceeding the expectations of all of our guests. We are constantly redefining the economics of food service by trying to make it more profitable and more fun for the guests when they're coming in, as well as for the staff and everybody that's involved. So um, Let's have a chat. You having some issues? You want to do an update? You want to see something fun? You want to know what's happening in your business? That's what I do and that's what my team does. I have an amazing group of people that I work with from the likes of Michael Tips all the way across to Frank Casper and a couple of other people that I work with to get this job done. Um, Give me a shout if you're interested. Um, we'll come out to your business. We'll have some fun. Um, on the other end of it, if you want to just do an appearance, hey, I do those as well where I show up at your bar, drink your beer, drink, uh, eat some of your food, and I work with your kids and staff for a little while because that's what I do. It's not just about the show up. It's about the execution at the same time. So I want to thank all of you so much from the bottom of my heart for hanging out with me again this week. I have some amazing guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. So do me a favor. Go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to RadioInfluence.com. Check out the show download it share it with your friends hit me up on twitter and instagram tell me what you want to see you have a great guest in mind i want to know that send it out to me let me know and don't forget that i appreciate every single one of you every single day and i thank you for your love and support adios didn't get duffified enough follow chef brian duffy on facebook and on twitter at chef b-r-i-d-u-f-f 
Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is an Ian Beckles Flavor in Your Ear Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Now, my wife watches this pig Mama June or whatever it is, and that's uh, Honey Boo Boo's mom or something like that. Listen, I've, on everything I love, I've never watched Honey Boo Boo because I believe your IQ goes down five points every time you watch it. And I see what it's about, and it's about stupidity, and it's about making you a dumb person. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to myself. So I don't watch Honey Boo Boo. And, you know, Mama June, I guess who she is, who was just a pig, which is not nice, but I'm not trying to be nice. So she's a pig, and then she lost 100 pounds, and now she's a lesser pig. So, you know, and now... Honey Boo Boo feels bad about it. So I watched the, the last one. The, I've never watched Honey Boo Boo, but I watched Mama June one time or some outskirts, something like that. I'm admitting it. Honey Boo Boo was mad because her, her father, I guess, Sugar Bear or something, uh, told her she should lose weight. Yeah. Yeah, honey. Maybe a little bit. But, you know, you're looking and, and not to generalize. And then they said, Sugar Bear is abusive. Have you seen Sugar Bear? Have you have you seen anybody look like Sugar Bear that's not abusive? Not to generalize, but you know if I see a white dude with dreads, I'm gonna assume that he smokes weed. I'm just gonna assume it, okay? And if I see you know somebody with gold teeth, I'm gonna assume you're not trying to work on Wall Street or you're not trying to be a CEO of any type of company. And if you look like Sugar Bear. Yeah, you smack your wife around a little bit. I'm just saying. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.